Hello, this is Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based GI, speaking today with Dr. Swati Patel, Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Center and the Rocky Mountain Regional Veterans Affairs Medical Center. And we'll be discussing her recent summary in EBGI, which was entitled, ADR isn't the only game in town. Proximal serrated lesion detection rates are inversely associated with post-colonoscopy cancer risk. And this is a summary of a study that's currently in press in Lancet Gastroenterology and Hepatology by a group from the Netherlands, which was entitled Serrated Polyp Detection and Risk of Interval Post-Colonoscopy Colorectal Cancer, a population-based study. So welcome, Dr. Patel. And, and why don't you tell us a little bit about why this is an important topic? Thanks, Dr. Schoenfeld. Um, colonoscopy, of course, is highly effective for both early detection and prevention of colorectal cancer. Unfortunately, we all know that colonoscopy is not perfect with up to 9% of colon cancers occurring after the next due surveillance exam, or a phenomenon referred to as post-colonoscopy colorectal cancer or interval cancer. We have historically relied upon the adenoma detection rate or ADR as a surrogate for lesion inspection quality because there have been studies that demonstrate that is inversely associated with post-colonoscopy cancer risk. With that said, there are several observations that raise concern about whether ADR is a sufficient quality metric for lesion inspection. Number one, we know that cancers progressing through the serrated pathway account for a disproportionate number of post-colonoscopy cancers. Number two, serrated lesions uh, we know are very hard to see and completely remove. And that's for a variety of reasons, but we know that these lesions are flatter, have an overlying mucus cap, which can obscure the mucosa. And oftentimes these lesions have a very similar color to the surrounding mucosa. Um, on top of all of that, these lesions are located in the proximal colon, which is much more prone to suboptimal bowel preparation. So these lesions are prone uh, to being missed and uh, when they're found being incompletely resected. We also know that there's highly variable lesion detection rates among endoscopists and finally, there's only moderate correlation between serrated lesion detection rates and adenoma detection rates. Thus, we really uh, have been concerned that perhaps adenoma detection rate isn't a complete reflection of colonoscopy quality inspection. So in the study we're discussing today, how did the investigators look at any possible association between proximal colon serrated polyp detection rates and the risk of a post-colonoscopy colon cancer? So this was a prospective uh, population-based cohort study um, from the Dutch FIT uh, Colon Cancer Screening Program, and they linked data to the Netherlands Cancer Registry. And so they essentially asked the question that you posed, that is proximal serrated lesion detection rate inversely associated with post-colonoscopy cancer risk. And they essentially examined data from this large prospective cohort, including individuals aged 55 to 74 who were asymptomatic and underwent FIT, and those who had a positive FIT 
underwent colonoscopy anywhere between 2014 and 2020. And they essentially examined the data from these individuals who underwent colonoscopy and reported proximal serrated lesion detection rates as well as adenoma detection rates for approximately 542 colonoscopies performed per endoscopist. And this study included 441 endoscopists. And so ultimately, what did the results show? Well, overall, the proximal serrated polyp detection rate was approximately 12%. The adenoma detection rate was approximately 66%. They included over 277,000 patients, and among these patients, 305 were diagnosed with a post-colonoscopy colorectal cancer. And what was really interesting is that they did indeed find an inverse correlation between proximal serrated lesion detection rate and post-colonoscopy cancer, such that for each 1% increase in proximal serrated polyp detection rate, there was a 7% decrease in the hazard for post-colonoscopy cancer. And this association remained significant when they looked at uh, subgroup analyses based on the stage of cancer diagnosis, whether the cancer was in the proximal or distal colon, or whether the patient was a male or a female. What's really unique about this study is that they compared the uh, individuals in the study, the endoscopists who had high adenoma detection rates and those who had high proximal serrated lesion detection rates to those who had high or low ADRs and proximal serrated lesion detection rates. And the group of endoscopists that had a high ADR and high post-proximal serrated lesion detection rate had the lowest risk of post-colonoscopy or interval cancer. And those who had a high ADR but low proximal serrated lesion detection rate had a higher risk of post-colonoscopy cancer, as did those with a low ADR and a high proximal serrated lesion detection rate. And so this really shows us that ADR alone is not a reflection of colonoscopy quality in terms of lesion inspection. So there's a lot of important information there to unpack. Just to to summarize a couple of those key points, as you said, this is a group of asymptomatic average risk individuals who went through the Dutch fecal immunochemical test screening program. So these patients who got colonoscopy were fit positive, and that partly accounts for the fact they have such a high adenoma detection rate, median being 66%, and as you said, also having a median proximal serrated polyp detection rate of approximately 12%. But gosh, to clearly demonstrate for every increase of 1% in your proximal serrated polyp detection rate that the adjusted interval post-colonoscopy colorectal cancer hazard decreases 7% is really, you know, groundbreaking. It shows that we should strive to increase our proximal serrated polyp detection rate to further reduce post-colonoscopy colon cancer. And again, I think another key finding here was that compared to the endoscopists who had a high ADR and a high proximal serrated polyp detection rate, that if you're an with a high ADR, but you're not so good at finding proximal serrated 
polyps, then your patients have a hazard ratio of about 1.8 or about 80% more likely to subsequently get post-colonoscopy colon cancer. So this, this seems to be really groundbreaking data to me. Absolutely. And it really does validate some of the concerns that we've had with these epidemiologic observations that post-colonoscopy cancers tend to progress through you know, a different pathway compared to non-post-colonoscopy cancers. And the observations that we've had in endoscopist studies where there's highly variable serrated lesion detection rates and there's not much correlation between ADR and SDR in those studies. And so uh, this really does emphasize that proximal serrated lesion detection rate is its own unique quality metric that is a reflection of high quality inspection technique. Now, I know there are some limitations associated with any study. What cautions might our listeners need to understand about the study design? Yeah, I think, you know, one is that, as you mentioned, uh, this was a program for those who are undergoing fecal immunochemical testing. So it's a risk-saturated population. Uh, so the, at least the observations for the proximal serrated lesion detection rates, the adenoma detection rates, have to be put into that context. And so from this study, we can't necessarily take benchmark goals for what our proximal serrated lesion detection rates should be, for instance, in an average risk screening population. So I think that just isn't something we can take away from, from this study. And then I think the other more practical issue is that as compelling as this data is, I really struggle with how we can incorporate this into busy clinical practice where already collection and reporting of adenoma detection rate is quite resource intensive. And that's really kind of a general metric for any adenoma detected. And now we're talking about adding additional quality metric based on the segment of the colon, based on a different histology. It can be very challenging and labor intensive to collect and report this type of quality metric in busy clinical practice. I think I'd also note that at least U.S. studies have demonstrated that general pathologists may mischaracterize serrated polyps as hyperplastic polyps, specifically that sessile serrated lesions or traditional serrated adenomas may be mischaracterized as hyperplastic polyps. And this concern was partly overcome in the current study since they classified serrated polyps as not just SSLs or TSAs, but even if the pathologist just read it out as a hyperplastic polyp. Now, recognizing that it's important to identify these proximal serrated polyps, what do you do in your own practice? That's a great question. You know, this is what we all strive to do in improving the, the colonoscopy and the quality of colonoscopy that we provide. I think it comes down to two kind of domains. One is ensuring that we employ optimal technique to really expose the mucosa. And so this comes down to optimizing our bowel preparation quality. So ensuring our patients are adhering to split dose recommendations, using simethicone as needed for excess you know, bubbles, ensuring that you take plenty of time during the procedure to wash, cleanse, and suction fluid to really kind of expose the mucosa. There are certainly inspection techniques that help with mucosal exposure, such as you know, flattening of folds, ensuring the lumen is distended. I think many believe that it's really important, and I do as well, to have at least two looks in the right colon 
whether they be two anti-grade looks or anti-grading retroflex look can depend on the patient's anatomy. And then also, um, if available in your practice, you use adjunct devices to really expose the mucosa, distal attachment devices, uh, such as caps or things like endocuff, um, or even wide-angle colonoscopes to kind of get a better mucosal exposure. So that's one piece, is to really just expose all of the area that could possibly have these serrated lesions, and particularly focus on the right colon. And then, you know, I think the other piece is ensuring that we do everything we can to recognize the lesions, even when the mucosa is exposed. And so we know that serrated lesions have a different endoscopic appearance than typical adenomas. As we talked about, they can be flat, their uh, coloration can be similar to the surrounding mucosa. They can oftentimes have this overlying mucus cap, which can be in some ways um, a nice kind of red flag for these lesions. But if we don't recognize that as associated with serrated lesions, oftentimes it can be overlooked as just kind of adherent mucus in, in the colon. So really knowing what the typical endoscopic features of these serrated lesions are and making sure you can recognize those. And you know, this oftentimes requires training, particularly if you work with trainees to, to really review the differences between adenomas, which oftentimes are more dark or red, have irregular vascular networks, are friable and kind of oftentimes more protruding in contrast to these serrated lesions. I think it's also important, and this is usually not an issue in most practices, but we know that high-definition equipment uh, can be extremely critical um, in helping us detect these lesions. So trying to make sure that all your equipment is up to date and has the most kind of high-definition quality in, in terms of resolution. And then, you know, I think the other things that are emerging uh, that may very well be adjuncts in helping us recognize these lesions will be the emergence of artificial intelligence in, in lesion detection. And although many of the studies have focused on adenoma detection, I think serrated lesion uh, recognition will also be a nice adjunct tool as we incorporate AI into our practice. Yeah, that's certainly what I'm very excited about. As you mentioned, you have to get good exposure behind the folds with a high quality prep in order to visualize the mucosa. And you can use endocuff and split preps and, and various other tools to accomplish that. Then you have to actually recognize the serrated polyps. And I think that artificial intelligence programs such as GI Genius, which is currently commercially available in the US, are going to make a big difference here in helping improve our detection, you know, recognizing the different morphology of a serrated polyp and, and making sure we don't miss it. And I guess that leads in quickly to, to what's going to need to be done in future research. Certainly, we're going to want to see how artificial intelligence can help us with identifying serrated polyps. And there is already some data about that, but there are going to be a couple of other things we need to look at in future studies. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for proximal serrated lesion detection rate to elevate into kind of our, our sort of selection of quality metrics that we focus on, um, we will need to understand what the benchmark lesion detection rates are in average risk individuals. And so I think that's one thing to know what uh, targets we should really be going for. We need studies that are done in average risk populations. And then I think on a more kind of implementation side of things, I, I think to really, I think what a, an important feature direction is if we're going to be putting out these different quality metrics that require pathology data that's linked with endoscopic data, we need to do much more in developing ways to incorporate 
how to collect and act on these types of metrics in, in busy clinical practice. And so there's a lot of work that's been done in natural language processing or leveraging various kind of pieces within the EHR that do link endoscopic uh, data to pathology data. Uh, but I think that's sort of another area that if we make headway in that, then we really will be able to monitor quality in a much more granular and real-time way than sort of the manual process that many have to rely on now to measure things like adenoma detection rate. And some of our colleagues like Yuri Ladabaum at Stanford University are doing some, some great work on that. Okay. Well, thanks very much for talking with us today, Dr. Patel. I think there's some great, important information for our listeners. So thanks again. Thank you.